0: All right, welcome to this episode of the Burnout Expert podcast. I am really excited about today's episode. This is an individual who I totally geek out on the science behind burnout with, which I can rarely do. And we also have this commonality with first responder worlds. So um, who I am speaking with today is Arjuna George. He has spent the majority of his life as a career firefighter in British Columbia. So that's the other side of Canada that I'm on. He has dedicated 10 years of his life as a fire chief, 10 years as a fire chief. He's risked his own safety really to protect his community, but there's so much more involved as well when you are a fire chief. One day he woke up and he Well, at that point, he didn't even realize he couldn't do it anymore. He called in work and he informed them that he wouldn't be coming in that day. That day led to another day, which led to another. And he never went back. He had no idea that that phone call would have been the last day of a job that he loved so much that he dedicated so much time to but that was a huge turning point for arjuna and he realized that he was suffering with burnout and trauma and he needed to take those steps back to spoke, focus on his own health his own mental health his well-being his physical health and he immersed himself in studying you don't become a chief because you're lazy and you you aren't a um a proactive goal oriented person so he dug in To um, become a certified pension release practitioner, a certified executive coach, career and work life strategist, talent management practitioner, recruiting and talent acquisition certifications he did. He is a coach for um, imagery and behavioral changes, stress management coach, sleep science coach, and brain fitness coach. He did a lot of these things to help himself get out of burnout, but now he is passion for helping others through that has led to a book, which is The Burnout Around the Edges. Highly recommend you read that. It's where he really dives into a story deeper than we'll be able to get into today of his recovery in detail. He also hosts a podcast called Beneath the Helmet, and he has his own business, his own coaching business, which is Silver Silver Arrow Company. He specializes not only in helping first responders and other fire chiefs, but also leaders in business, a lot of leadership coaching, where he's helping overcome burnout, improving resilience, mental health, well-being, and diving into leadership skills as well. Arjuna's vast knowledge and expertise make him highly sought out as a coach and a consultant. So I'm so grateful, Arjuna, that you were able to make the time, especially with our time zones to hop on here today, because I know that you are really thriving in what you do. And I know this is just going to be such an insightful podcast for so many people. So thank you for being here with us today.
1: Wow. Quite the introduction. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. My pleasure. Uh, it's, it's my honor. And as you know, you were on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. So it's an honor to be uh, kind of given back to your community as well. So I really appreciate being here and I'm very honored. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. No, I think today's today's message, what we need to get out there is really a lot of stuff that is not talked about. And I think we really need to dive under that hood about it with it today. So with that being said, Why don't we start off with you giving a bit about your burnout? Like, what were you experiencing? You may not have realized it before you made that call that day, but what were you experiencing? What were your physical signs? What were the mental signs? What was happening in your life?
1: Uh, Well, there's a lot of key messages that my body, my nervous system was sending me that I was ignoring for sure. But in hindsight, looking back at it, uh, my body aches, my body was under so much tension, so much uh, built up energy stuck in my body that I destroyed my knees, unfortunately. So my knees are toast because of not necessarily all because of burnout, but because of the tension in my body, it definitely put me out of alignment in a lot of areas uh, back issues, lower back issues, tension headaches all the time. Uh, kind of memory, brain fog. Um, I had two vasovagal incidents where I actually passed out uh, because my nervous system was kind of overriding itself and and just fried out. Yeah, there was there was numerous uh, kind of things that led to me going. There's something not quite right here. Um, yeah, I think those would be the key ones. And for myself, you know, I, I preached mental health. I preached uh, staying on top of yourself, uh, taking care of yourself. And I honestly thought I was doing a good job. And I and I think I, I was in one aspect because I was very resilient. And I think I spent majority of my life, like you said, 10 years as a chief officer under a lot of stress, but I was resilient enough that I could you know, maintain a, a level of professionalism, uh, work ethic, all that I could still maintain while under a huge amount of stress on myself. And I think that really kind of impacted my performance. Uh, another aspect that I really um, came across was my anxiety level kind of shot through the roof. I never felt like I was a person who had anxiety, but it it definitely showed its head in the last, say, five, 10 years, where I would sometimes be speaking in front of somebody and I would just totally lose thought, concentration. No clue what to say. it just kind of dead air. I was like, all right, someone's, someone's not right here. And I, I'd be very nervous about some certain situations, especially when there was conflict involved or some sort of argument. I wanted to kind of stay away from that. Uh, I noticed myself kind of increasing in sweating. So that was another thing that I I noticed that my forehead instantly will turn to a waterfall uh, when I'm under stress. And that was something that was new to me. It was kind of a new little trigger for myself. Um, Sleeping, sleeping was terrible. Uh, I would very often be thinking through the night about what I had to do tomorrow, what I had to do the next day what fires I had to put out and that was usually like employee fires or political fires or anything like that. It wasn't necessarily the, the big hot red ones. Um, so yeah, I think those are some of the key features of what I was experiencing in my life. And those were all new to me. I had not felt those through my previous career or even in my, my start of my career, those all kind of transpired in the last five, 10 years for sure.
0: And with your family then, how did that affect your family life? Did you see changes at home in how you interacted with them or chose to distance from them or um, moods? How how was your relationship? Did did any of these symptoms affect your relationship at home?
1: For sure. I think uh, during my time that I was either ignoring burnout or in the process of burnout, I wouldn't say I ignored my family for sure that I'm a very family oriented person, but on the flip side, I wasn't present. I was not present for decades. I might have been physically present, but my mind was always thinking about what I had to do next, what fire I had to put out, uh, what operational guideline I had to write, whatever that was. I was always thinking about work. Even if I was at the kids dance or kids, baseball game or with my wife, there was always times that I was fading in and out of being present and thinking about work life. And so that really, it didn't damage, but I missed a lot of important memories and parts of my life that I wish I could been more present for. So I could have really enjoyed those, yeah. those moments for sure.
0: And since you've been out, Do your, has your kids said anything to you? Has your spouse said anything to you about the changes in you?
1: Uh, Definitely my partner, uh, my wife, Kathy, she's definitely noticed a lot of, um, you know, just more, more present, more relaxed, uh, less stressful, um, sleeping better. So when we're up, we're kind of like, I used to love taking naps and it's, you know, it's, it's, Maybe occasionally I'll have a nap, but it's not something I have every single day now. So I feel like I have a lot more energy when I'm with the family, when I'm with my wife, much more present. So she's definitely recognized that. The kids, I wouldn't say necessarily have said that per se, but I know I've spent a lot more time with the kids being present in the last three years, uh, playing games. You know, something that I never did as a fire chief was play games after hours with my family. Um, games to me always felt like that was a chore and I should be doing something. I should be working. I shouldn't be playing. I should be working. Yeah. So that mindset of myself was never to turn off. It was always to stay on and playing a game or watching even a TV show seemed like a waste of time. But now I have a different mindset where that time is not necessarily watching a TV show or playing a game. It's spending time with my family. And that's the key message that I've kind of given myself is the freedom to sit down and play a card game, play a board game, watch a silly TV show, because it's just a way for us to bond as a family, um, socialize, relax, instead of always being on.
0: Yeah. And so you're saying socialize and relax as well. And I do see this quite often when people are in burnout, um, first responders, non first responders, even, where we tend to decrease our socializing. It's It, it becomes so much brain power unless it has a function or unless it's like, like, okay, I'm going to socialize for work. Mm-hmm. But you de- we, we tend to decrease in burnout our hobbies, things that we like to do or just going out and hanging out with some friends. And I do see that I, working with responders. I've seen so much where they just, they tell themselves that it is because of the job that people don't get their job, but we also see this in business and in leaders where people don't understand the things they're doing in their job because that's all that they they get in this fight or flight mode where that's all that they feel the world revolves around, if that makes sense. That's their their world, their bubble, because as you said, they're not sitting with their families. They're not playing these games. They're not doing these other things outside of what they deem as being the priorities, which are work and getting the work done, thinking about work, doing overtime, extra shifts, going in, doing all that extra work that we tend to, we tend to really skew our perception to what we need it to be instead of what it really is.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes well, sense. Yeah. Well, for myself, I was an avid fly fisherman. I kind of went out almost every weekend, uh, quite often every night, I would have a little belly boat and go out in the lakes and fly fish with trout, uh, even take the, the kids occasionally, uh, that went away. <laughs> that went away be, with probably when I became maybe a captain or an assistant chief, uh, my hobby of photography went away. I was an avid photographer, uh, potentially could have even done that as a career, uh, wildlife, sports photography. I loved it. And my camera is covered in dust at the moment and, and still not picked up. And I don't think that's necessarily a hobby that you know I might join again one day, but I have a totally different um, kind of interest set now that I did 10 years ago. Uh, I still love photography, but it's kind of changed and technology's changed and our cell phones are equally as good as some of the cameras that were around 10 years ago. But I agree, I, I left all that behind and focused on work. Um, and that was my full-time job was work.
0: So you said going when you went to captain and then went to fire. So promoting through the ranks, mm-hmm. promoting in business, promoting through jobs. As you promoted up, now looking back, what do you think would have happened had you like would, would work have crumbled would you not have been able to be as good at your job had you separated some of your work time and your social family time
1: most likely not in hindsight if i had dedicated time to be my own personal self outside of fire and have an you know an extra life outside of fire I feel I probably would have been even maybe even better as a fire chief. How? Because I would have more energy. I'd have more concentration. I would be relaxed after the weekend instead of coming back, you know, pretty much working seven days a week, coming back in work mode that I was already in work mode on the weekend. Um, So I think that, you know, who knows what would have happened, but in hindsight, most likely I would have been more concentrated, more, Uh, dedicated to the job while I was there because I could concentrate, I didn't have brain fog, I wasn't tired, Uh, I had some rest over the weekend. So there's lots of elements. I think I probably would have been actually a better fire chief if I had taken the weekends to totally recharge versus just keep working.
0: Yeah. Um, So I do wanna dive into some nervous system stuff with you but I have something that I think we really, really need to touch on first. So the reason that I do want to get into nervous system is that so many people are always talking about, um, they're always talking about the mental side of things. But I know in our my conversations with you, both of us have seen so much um, relief for responders once we start working on the nervous system and working on sleep and working on a lot of these physical aspects. So we definitely need to touch on that. But until we can touch on that with somebody... We cannot help anybody unless they actually acknowledge first that they were in burnout. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I know you and I have had this conversation because I do struggle a lot with responders and you have actually experienced this yourself. I hope you're okay with me saying this, that we're looking at so many of these guys that we're like, oh my gosh, I could, I could help you. Mm -hmm. But they spend so much time in service, always putting everybody else first. And as you said, you push through all the time. It's what you did as your job that I asked you for some help and guidance, hoping to help me uh, with my clients as well and being like, what could somebody have said to you before that day that you called in that would have gotten you to start working on your sleep sooner gotten you to start working on your nervous system sooner and do you remember your answer to me
1: uh no I don't
0: your answer was <laughs> nothing you said people tried you said oh there yeah, were people oh, that yeah, yeah. Yes. you that you may you were going to end up with a heart attack they were telling mm-hmm. you health issues were going to start they were telling you you needed to start reaching out and get help I don't know how many years prior to the day that you walked off, mm-hmm. but you said people were, and there was nothing that they could say, have said to you.
1: Yeah, that was probably a good five, seven years prior to me leaving. Um, I started hearing those comments from my firefighters, my officers, mostly my officers, cause they were closer to me and and kind of felt that, you know, they weren't necessarily talking to the chief from a firefighter level about his yeah. own mental health. But, um, yeah, I definitely got, challenged quite a few times of you got to relax a little bit. You got to, you got to take some time off because you are burning the candle at both ends uh, and you will have a heart attack.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I definitely remember that for sure. It still did not stick with me for some strange reason. Right. It, and the it thing took a is while that, to to figure that out for yeah. sure.
0: And this is a trend. This yes. is a trend that's happening. Like there are like you did have programs in place. Now, from the point that you're at, you realize how much you could have made improvements, hindsight, on your wellness programs. But you know that so many were not taking advantage of the wellness that you were even providing them because this is a trend. This is a trend, not even just in the first responder world. This is a trend we see in business as well. People going up the ladders, getting into corporate, um, entrepreneurs, that we just feel we are of a society that we have to push and push and push and push. And our reality of what's really going on with us becomes very skewed. So I was wondering if you were up for doing something with me right now. And it's, it's, I was looking at a podcast this morning and the guy said that every morning he asks himself if the bullshit that he was saying to himself would hold up in court, Mm -hmm. what he asks himself in the day in the mornings Mm -hmm. so if we were to start going through some of the things that you said to yourself that i've said to myself when we were in burnout that also that we hear many others that we know are in burnout say to themselves and see how would that hold up in court Mm -hmm. so i'll start just to give an example and then you can have one that goes after but so one thing for me would be if like I need to do overtime. Like as much overtime as I'm doing, I need to do it because the other guys are burning out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's one I hear a lot. I need to do this extra work because my colleagues are also buried in work. I need to do all of this extra work. I need to do these extras. So if we were to actually go into court and have to prosecute this. What like what defense would we have to that that would actually hold up? I don't know. You I'm sure you're thinking stuff right now. <laughs> would there be any defenses to that?
1: Uh it, it would be light. It would be light, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> really, there's a there's a bigger problem if if people are burning out from overtime. So that's a totally different subject and totally different uh, podcast, but there's a system problem with that. Overtime's not meant to be used every single day. It's meant to be used in special occasions when it's needed. It's not meant to be a, an everyday occurrence, but for, yeah, there's so many things I could think of that, that I told myself that, you know, one of the biggest keys that I told myself is the whole organization the whole island the whole community their safety is on my shoulders mm-hmm. and I said that over and over again to myself I I said that to a therapist once and and the reaction I got back was whoa that's way too much weight you're carrying is that real and kind of even did the same test you're you're saying right now is like is that real and when I looked back and I was like no that's not real I don't own the safety of my whole community on my shoulders. I do feel very responsible, especially in fire and wildfire season, but am I totally responsible for everyone's safety? No, not at all. I'm kind of responsible for my firefighter safety, uh, general community safety, my family safety, my own safety, but really that's a, uh, well, that was a, a lie I was telling myself of that. And that's a lot of weight to carry on your shoulders that the whole community depends on you to keep them safe.
0: Yeah. And we find that as people start going through the ranks, as people start moving up the ladder, there's always more people under you Mm -mm. and there's more pressure as well to and responsibility for them. That does put more stress on your plate, but it's how you decide how you're going to handle that. Um, And so yeah, if we're coming up with other ones as well, when it comes to burnout, There are the pressures that people are putting on themselves saying what they have to do, saying how they had to act. Um, But one thing as well is that for those feeling the blame from superiors as well. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You may have the further higher up that, that you do go up the chain. They have more stressors even on their shoulders that the burnout and stuff, they're more and more of a flight or flight state. And they have more pressures from above as well, that if they're getting mad at somebody, if so, if if you feel like your lead, so um, fires ranking is all different, police and all that as well. So you're saying like your captain, if your captain is always harping on you about something, Quite often, people internalize it and think, oh, they think I'm doing a bad job. They think this is all about me. And if we were to hold that up in court, because a lot of people do, they do talk about the negative work environment in a lot of services. Mm -hmm. And if we stop and actually go, would that hold up in court that they are as mean to me as I'm thinking that they are? In court, we could actually start finding out that they are grumpy and struggling to focus, struggling to have conversations, struggling to keep their crap together, that it is nothing personal at all on their team, that when their team thinks that it is on them, that it's not a personal thing on them. Yeah, that- I would
1: say most employee fires or conflicts at work is probably the underground root cause is some sort of stressor that they're under. They're in fight or flight mode. They're burning out, whatever that is, probably one of the root causes to them exploding or having an argument is the stress they're having at home, at work, whatever that looks like. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a major trigger for sure.
0: Yeah. And um, another thing as well that I have heard through the years as well is where there is somebody that may not be technically, they think, pulling their weight, that it's somebody who is not doing their reports up to where they should be, where somebody is maybe napping more. So I, I did know of somebody um, at FIRE that they would say, our chief is just always napping or our captain. I, it was It was somebody pretty high ranking that they were talking about. They're so lazy. And I started asking them more symptoms, diving into more symptoms and thinking like, okay, you you, do spend a lot of time with them. Like what did they used to be like mm-hmm. and where are they now? Have you seen changes in their, um, in how much sleep they need now? Are they snoring a lot when they're sleeping as well? Are they more short fused? If their reports are getting more scattered, like, is this possible that they're burning out more instead of being lazy
1: for sure? Yeah, uh, and looking back at a lot of my you know challenges I've had over the times with employees, I can really pinpoint it back to them being not in the healthiest mindset, their well being, their mental health, not in top shape, creating these turmoils, these arguments, these blow ups. Yeah, and it comes down to change of character so as a chief you're always kind of monitoring your people and when you can see a change in somebody such as their sleep patterns or their 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 short fuse or like that it's probably stress stress reduced right or stress induced i should say
0: right and that's the thing if we start looking at the earlier signs Mm -hmm. so earlier signs being like Their sleep decreases. They're struggling to fall asleep or they're waking up mid sleep frequently. Or they are sleeping tons, but they're waking up not recharged. That is one of the earlier symptoms. Um, Other, you know, others, I'll give you uh, what are other earlier symptoms that we can be looking for in anybody that is under us and ourselves to see if our stress system is starting to give us signs.
1: Hmm. Well, I would say, yeah, sleep is definitely one. I would say short fuse, uh, kind of real uh, change in temperament, like where they can kind of explode at a moment's notice. Uh, Maybe memory loss or being late where they weren't being late before or um, so change in behavior for sure. So they used to be happy. Now they're kind of always grumpy or Most of the time it would be a negative result. It wouldn't necessarily be a positive change. It would most likely be a negative change. So they're once a happy firefighter. And now for the last month, they've been kind of disgruntled, sad, angry. Uh, Anger would be a big one. That would be an emotion that I would see come up for sure. Um,
0: Working out, decreasing their workouts.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a huge one.
1: Yep. Yeah. Going from you know, a fairly fit person. I think it's all change of behavior, really. That's what you'll you'll see. It'll either be physical behavior, mental behavior, but it's going to be a change in behavior. And once again, knowing your people, that's where it's so key. It's not just knowing them on what skills they can do. It's knowing them as a person. So as a person, this person used to show up like this, and now they're showing up like that. That is your key to maybe check in with them, talk to them, Support them, provide them guidance, um, just check in with them. Quite often we're so, especially fire, and I'm sure police and and paramedics are like this as well. We're so concerned about the technical skills and the technical ability of our our people. And as a leader, we want to make sure we know the human side of that person. So you can really detect that early, that change of behavior, because that's really what you're going to see as a change of behavior like I said, mentally or physically.
0: Yeah. Um, So that does stream in. So where does the nervous system come into this? How does the nervous system affect somebody? How does the nervous system affect a lot of the symptoms that you just said? And why would the nervous system be affected? That was a lot of questions. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Well, the nervous system is is a beast that I have kind of grown to love. Uh, I'm no expert in the nervous system by any means, but for myself, what I found when my nervous system was kind of on the on the fritz was definitely a lot of tension in the body. So the nervous system was creating a lot of tension, um, just felt under, under attack all the time, never felt at ease. And I think that's, you know, when I was talking to my therapist as well, uh, they asked me what I want to feel when I'm all... Better, and I just said I want to feel ease. Yeah.
0: Because
1: my body did not feel like it was in ease. Um, the nervous system really affects the sleep. Uh the cortisol, the adrenals, all that really affects how you sleep through the night. Uh, if you're getting up in the middle of the night, it's probably because your cortisol's kind of kicking in at that time of night when it shouldn't be. Um hmm. Well, the nervous system for myself, uh, the vasovagal syncope episode was basically my nervous system saying enough's enough. You are in fight or flight. You've you're adding more, more pressure to yourself right in this moment, we're basically going to turn you off. And that's essentially what happened is my, my nervous system said enough's enough. You are shutting down. You need a. you need to, you need a break. Mm Um, it, it screwed up my hormones, so my testosterone was very low, my estrogen was very high, my cortisol was out of whack, my curve through the day was, was basically around 2 or 3 in the afternoon, I had zero energy, and my cortisol level was just depleted, and that's why I seemed to have naps in the afternoon, because that was the only way I could function, was around 2 or 3 in the afternoon, uh, and now occasionally I do that. Um, But it's not a regular routine that I have an afternoon nap. Uh, And I guarantee that happened all the time when I was at home. And when I was at work, I had to work through that. So I can guarantee in those, you know, those remaining hours of the day from two o'clock till five, six o'clock at night, or sometimes even till 10 o'clock at night, I was not performing well. I was, I was a zombie showing up as the chief. I was not myself. I was not high performing. And even if I had a little cat nap in my office or something like that, still didn't do the job. So yeah, the hormones, um, sleep, nervous system, tension. I think those would be the key ones for myself that I really identified.
0: yeah, and and we need people to understand that it's so there is the mental side to things. there 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 is. There's traumas that you do experience as a first responder absolutely but there's so much talk about talk therapy for traumas which hands down there's research out there that shows the benefits for it but for your experience with that with the it's a lot about getting this nervous system if we can't get this nervous system regulated, then these traumas still sit in our body, even if we've talked them out. Yes. And so I guess for the audience too, just a a quick and dirty of your nervous system is it's like a muscle. So the more you're working it quicker, it gets stronger, it reacts. So your stress nerve through so much of what, when you're always on, when we were, what we talked about before, just always, feeling like you have to be pushing being on you're in a stress nerve. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're on a hot priority call or if you're filling out paperwork, if you feel that you have to push and you have to go with this, your stress nerve is kicking in and it starts to overpower so much that resting nerve. And so when it kicks in, it's just kicking in all of the time, which is where all the hormones get flowing out and, and doing all of that. Um, so when your testosterone was, your, your testosterone was converting into estrogen. So were Mm -hmm. you really teary? Did things, uh,
1: I would say I wasn't really teary. No, I I've heard that as a possible Mm -hmm. um, kind of symptom or reaction from that, but I definitely felt more fragile. I guess I could, I would put it that way. Um, yeah, less resilient, more fragile, ready to, crumble at any moment if I, if I wanted to, or could, but I wasn't quite teary where, uh, you know, like a, watching a Disney movie or something like that and start to cry. Uh, but I definitely felt more emotional for sure than I ever had before, for sure.
0: Yeah. And that's that testosterone kicking in when mm-hmm. your cortisol is actually stealing the testosterone, that's where you get amped up and more of like the anger outbursts and mm-hmm. stuff when it's from a hormonal perspective. So, um, so that what led you to tension release therapy to the is it tree tray
1: uh tre TRE. tension trauma release exercises um yeah so that was one of those exercises and one of those modalities that I tried fairly early on so I was seeing my massage therapist and she's also a tre provider certified and did a couple of massage sessions with her. And then all of a sudden she said, I really think you could benefit from this TRE. Like at this point, I'm going to try everything under the sun. I want to be a Guinea pig. I'll, I'll try it uh, no matter what. I knew some firefighters who had tried it before and they raved about it. Um, and when they raved about it, I said, Oh, that sounds awesome. But I never considered it for myself. Uh, so once it was kind of told to me by my massage therapist, I say, like, all right, let's do it. And I Googled it stuff and it kind of frightened me. I didn't really know what was going to happen. Uh, I really I thought I might just lose it and start screaming and yelling and crying and and seeing the worst of myself come out. And that's all because just my brain talking to me about, you know, what could happen, right? The anxiety kicking in. But when I started doing it, uh, it changed my life, 100% guaranteed. So TRE is Tension Trauma Release Exercises, uh, developed by Dr. David Berceli a number of years ago, who's a social worker, uh, as well as a mental health expert. Um, And he developed these seven exercises that fatigue your core fight or flight muscles. Uh, So right from your ankles to your lower back. And what this does is it really targets your psoas muscle. Your psoas muscle is part of your hip flexors and it's the muscle that actually joins your upper and lower part of your body together. And that muscle is used a lot for flexing, such as running away from danger. So even a perceived danger, such as going to a a stressful office meeting versus actually being at a fire or chasing a, a suspect you um those that muscle would actually tense up even if it was uh, perceived stress and, and threaten your body so that psoas muscle gets tighter and tighter and tighter causes different things such as knee issues lower back issues um, posture issues And many people say there's no scientific evidence, but there's a lot of people say that this muscle also stores trauma and stores emotion. So the seven exercises go through and they fatigue it. And the, and the exercises are very easy, almost like a yoga pose, uh, stretch and they fatigue those core big muscles, especially the big, um, quads and hams to a point where they are stressed to a degree where they wanna shake and tremor. And this is an innate reaction that we have in our bodies. We are actually meant as humans to shake. Uh, we've kind of cultured it out of us to that it's acceptable to shake, shake in public. And so that's why Dr. David berselli developed this was to be able to have a safe area, a safe process to shake and release that stored stress and trauma within our bodies. So when you, when you do the exercises,
0: yep. Just to give an example for people too, when we see in the forest, we see a deer Mm -hmm. or like a deer gets scared, they run away. And then they do a shake or a rabbit and you'll see, they do that shake. That's them actually releasing their cortisol. And as you're saying, as humans, we don't do that. So we're building up the cortisol. We don't have that shake to release it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and
1: fitness could do similar things like going out and working out of the gym, but this really targets different parts of your body. Uh, the psoas muscle, particularly where it, it will shake out that trauma. And just like you said, with the animals, the kind of example we give is the gazelle getting chased by a lion, mm-hmm. the gazelle, there's two outcomes. It gets killed by the lion and, and that's dinner or it escapes into the bush and it'll shake. And another expert in this field, Peter Levine, who does a lot of somatic body work, uh, he also talks about there's no evidence of any animals in the wild who have PTSD, which is a a bold statement because they shake off that trauma. They shake it off and when that gazelle stands up, it's like nothing ever happened. It just goes back out grazing again until another, another incident occurs. And so our bodies, when we have that stress in our bodies and we don't shake it out or work it out somehow, it's stored energy in our body. And that's how I kind of perceive it as energy uh, for people to understand in a, in a real easy way. And so when you, when you have these stressful conversations, these stressful occurrences, maybe some trauma in there as well, If you don't release that, that's just stored energy in your body. And so the shaking will actually release that. And there's usually two outcomes after the shake. It's people feel super, super relaxed, kind of euphoric, very, very relaxed. Um, And then the other one is actually could be very energized in a good way. So people feel like they can take on the day after they do a TRE shake. So after I did this myself, it it changed my life hundred percent. Probably the number one modality that that really helped me reset, rebalance my nervous system back into a, a homeostasis, natural, balanced uh, nervous system. So now I do it regularly, um, probably <clears throat> once or twice a week right now, or before a stressful maybe meeting or an exam or something like that. <clears throat> And I loved it so much that I actually became a certified provider in it because I I wanted to share this message and this modality with as many people as I can. And I really think the first responder community needs to experience it at least once for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions on that. One is about the traumas. So, with traumas, then does this. trying to figure out, how, so we, when I've, what I've learned about EMDR from an EMDR therapist is that quite often traumas are where we didn't have a file in our brain for them in a sense, and our body is storing them in limbo. Does TRE help, but, and with first responders or with many people, there's so many things that we don't always know what all of these traumas are because mm-hmm. they accumulate over a career um, as well as our childhood. Does TRE help the body process some of these traumas without having to talk about them? or do you also still like, I know everybody can benefit from therapy in certain ways, but how what is TRE's roles in these traumas in processing?
1: great question because I think that's one of the key aspects that drew me to TRE as well as other people who have kind of tried it and tested it and said, yeah, this is, this is for me. So TRE, you don't have to relive, retalk about any of the traumas. So we kind of consider it as the body's intelligence. That's how we kind of classify it. So the body's intelligence knows where the stored trauma tension is in the body. And it will shake in those areas when it needs to, when it feels safe enough to shake in those areas. So you don't need to know what that trauma was or what that stress was that's causing you that that nervous system dysregulation or dysfunction in your body. You don't need to know specific events, specific times. Your body will naturally find that stress and tension in your body and release it through shaking. Amazing. So no, no talk therapy needed. I I think it goes good hand in hand with talk therapy, Mm -hmm. but it can also be a totally standalone uh, modality for, for people. And one of the biggest keys to TRE that I feel is, it's accessible by anyone in the world. With people with disabilities, uh, so if you're in a wheelchair or a, you know, bedridden, you can still do these exercises. From kids to adults to seniors, you can do these exercises.
0: And you do this online as well. It's not, it doesn't have to be in person.
1: No, you can do it online uh, through Zoom, which we found amazing results being able to do it online. And I think the key there is people feel safe because they can do it in their own home. And that's it's, it's kind of a vulnerable, um, unique experience. So doing it online in your own house, your own comfort of your bedroom or wherever that is, it just gives people just a little bit increased sense of safety uh, that allows them to really relax into the moment and enjoy the experience. Uh, what I was going to say with the, the TRE also is it's a self-care tool. So once you learn to master the self-regulation component of it, and the exercises, this is a tool that you have for the rest of your life. So you don't need a practitioner to support you after that fact. So once you've kind of mastered those skills, which usually takes three to six kind of sessions, um, some people shorter, some people longer, some people want a provider with them, the whole duration to support them. Um, but usually it's around three or six, and then it's a self-care tool that you have in your back pocket for the rest of your life. So
0: Amazing. Um, so I do recall us talking about this in the past and in tying in with the nervous system as well. So your nervous system, your um, the most innervation of your resting nerve, your vagus nerve is all around your diaphragm and your gut. And it is um, the most susceptible to change, but it's also where a lot of trauma and, um, and stress is actually stored as well. So I remember we were talking and you said I can't remember the timeline that you said that when you started to do TRE, how long it took for that part to release in you, your, was it your abdominal area, your mm-hmm. chest area? Like, yeah. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So most commonly when you start off with TRE, you are usually shake your lower legs. Cause that's really where we're focusing. Um, and also that's where you store a lot of your, your stress and tension because of the big muscles, right. In your legs for myself it took over a year for me to start shaking above my waist essentially and when you were talking about that it kind of triggered me to say two more symptoms that i felt was shallow breathing mm-hmm. so when i was going through when i was going through burnout my breathing was extremely shallow And very high up into my chest, not into the diaphragm. It was very high up in the chest. And I think that's very, very common and probably a very key indicator if you're in stress mode and sympathetic stress response. And then on the second one was my gut health. My gut health was terrible. Um, I ate a lot of gluten, so I've kind of figured that out, that gluten wasn't, it was causing my body a lot of stress. It wasn't causing me any physical like, I couldn't see any reactions from gluten, but it was causing my internal uh, body a lot of stress. And that came through uh, testing that I found that out. But I, I would go through stages where my digestion was terrible and then it was fine. And then it was terrible and then it was fine. And it was terrible. Like, it was never consistent. So, those are two extra things that uh, I just kind of jogged my memory when you're talking about the TRE and the upper body. Uh, those are two huge areas that I found. Big indicators of myself when I was going through burnout.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. So I was going
1: to say so in the TRE part of it, it took over a year for me to start shaking above uh, that. And that had a lot of things to do with being comfortable doing the TRE, uh, to kind of processing that, but also worrying about or not worrying about, but concentrating on my well being, my nutrition, my hydration, because that had been a work in progress. Right. So over that year, my digestion got better i started doing breathing exercises so i was starting to actually do uh, belly breathing and and breathing modalities so i think there's multiple ways and reasons why it started to move up my body and now when i lie on the floor i can shake my whole body shakes so
0: yeah so if i'm understanding correct from this as well tre is a really invaluable tool that you feel should be used by by everyone, but there are still also other tools, other pieces of the puzzle that also need to come into play with this to truly get out of burnout and to stay out of burnout.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not a magic pill. It's not going to be your one thing you try it once, even and oh, I'm fixed. No, this is it's a lifestyle, and now my lifestyle is hydration, nutrition, uh, supplementation, exercise, sleep. T.R.E. Uh, what else? Playtime, you know that kind of stuff. Is there's so many components to my well being now versus three, four, five, six years ago.
0: Yeah, and and coaching that with your clients too takes time because there's so yeah. many different elements to be bringing into their lives. Yeah. So you also wear. I know I talk a lot about like the whoop band and the aura ring. You wear an aura ring yourself. Mm-hmm. Have you. Help us understand, I guess, first. Actually, I don't think I've asked you this before. Why did you get an aura ring and how has it helped you? And how have you brought it into your practice? Well, lots of questions. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, the aura ring is a very slim little ring that I wear every day. I wear it. Uh, I started off with a Fitbit, uh, the Fitbit wasn't giving me enough information. Mm -mm. went to an Apple watch. I like the Apple watch still wasn't, wasn't doing what I was looking for. And I was looking really for the HRV component of things.
0: Expand on HRV for those that don't understand it, please. Yeah.
1: Heart rate variability. Uh, So heart rate variability. um, Once again, I'm not an expert in this, but it, it basically is tracking your, your stress response with your heart. And so for myself tracking that component, allows me to know if if I'm in a stress state or not and if I'm my body's actually in a good state of wellness. So the reason I got it was a sleep tracker, HRV. Um, it also does uh, pulse, which is interesting for when you're doing exercise, that kind of stuff. And one real key feature that I liked on it is it gives you a readiness score every day. So essentially when I wake up in the morning, one of the first things I do after I've kind of, you know, had my water, which is first priority, uh, when I go onto my phone is actually kind of sync my ring to that. So the nice thing with a lot of people don't like uh, devices that constantly sync, uh, for those, you know, the, the interruption of the, I don't know if it's radio waves or whatever that is, but, um, Nice thing with this is it only syncs when you tell it to sync with your phone. So it's not constantly sending messages from the ring. Uh, EMFs maybe, and that's what that yeah. would be. Um, so when you sync that in the morning, it will, it tells me how I slept that night. It will tell me everything I need to know about my, my deep sleep, my REM sleep. It will tell me my sleep score so I can keep track of that. It will, it will give me my HRV, which unfortunately is still much lower but every week it seems to be creeping up a little bit amazing um so I'm trying to uh, 27 right now and it was 22 for the longest time and you for HRV you want to have a higher number um, and 22 is pretty dismal and not great
0: I see that uh, a lot of responders though I see yes. 20 and many of my responders yeah yes.
1: so it's still a work in progress obviously the burnout and stress and trauma and everything in my body is still still processing. It's not, I'm not out of burnout. This will be a lifestyle uh, adaption for myself forever. And then the final thing that I look at is my readiness score and the readiness score is probably the, my biggest kind of key indicator of how I'm doing, because it takes in a whole bunch of different variables and gives you a score of how you are showing up that day. It will look at body temperature. So this will keep track of your body temperature. Um, your pulse rate, your HRV, your sleeping, everything, it puts it all into a readiness score and, and gives you an idea of are you ready to take on the day or do you need some rest and relaxation? And sometimes they'll even say, you should not do anything today. You should, you should go into rest mode and just relax and do something joyful and fun. Some days we'll say you are ready to go and take on the day. Um, you're in prime condition to, to be active today. And I know as a firefighter, that would help me uh, because I got this ring in my burnout process post leaving the fire service. I think if I had this while I was in the fire service, it would give me a key indicator when I woke up in the morning, how I should kind of show up at work. Should I show up and take it a little bit easy in some aspects or is my body and my mental state, my nervous system ready to ready for the day? because maybe there's opportunities where you can maybe take a nap in the afternoon or, or anything, if your readiness score is not great. So it just gives you real good information and I kind of call it body intelligence. It gives you some good information about your body in a simple format that you don't have to be a, a neuroscientist or anything like that to understand it. It gives you a, a number and it tells you a little blurb about how your, how your body is right now. So yeah, I definitely highly recommend the aura ring. I think it's, um, it's slim, it's sleek. It's, you know, it's not, it's not, yeah. Yeah. It's very small and you can put it under gloves. They are heat resistant. So you can put it under a fire glove.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So that is,
1: that's a nice component. Uh, a lot of people, especially in, you know, industries where you could get degloved your finger mm-hmm. by wearing jewelry. Um, yeah, you, know, you have to take that into consideration as well. Depends what you're doing, but it does fit under a glove and it does uh, work in in heat as well. There's some fire departments in the states that are, have administered this to all their firefighters. They all wear it, and it gives them once again that readiness score in the morning. It's like they can maybe even have a morning check in and say, "How's everyone's you know readiness looking?" Yeah, and that will give you some once again more information about your key team players, right? Maybe Joe is your all-star most days and Joe needs a rest today. Yeah. Um, because his ready score and that could be maybe a cold's coming on. Maybe a flu's coming on. Uh, during COVID, the NBA, the military, and some fire services were using the aura ring to determine if they had COVID or not. Or yeah. getting the symptoms of COVID because their body temperature was changing. Um, even a couple degrees, It was it was pretty amazing to hear that. But they yeah, they're technology.
0: Even showing with the rings that the respiratory rate in twenty percent of COVID patients spiked before any symptoms, before even temperature spiked, and yeah, we watched that at home too, and it was it was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Like so, uh, I have the whoop and the aura. So the whoop also is PGA and uh, the the golf and football and all that as well, and is fascinating that they were able to catch some people before they were even symptomatic in order to prevent it from spreading. I know that Mm -hmm. happened in the PGA um, on one of their tours, but it was fascinating. If you did have COVID and you wear one of these, you go back to when you had it and you Mm -hmm. look at your respiratory rates, you're like, wow, like that was huge. Um, That's my dream as well is honestly, I feel that if more services, if more businesses provided either an aura ring or a whoop band to their employees. And they didn't even look at the information, just their employee looking at the information, they can start making smarter decisions. So when you first start getting into any position, any job, fire, any first responders, any business leadership jobs, you start seeing how much the mental stress of that job puts on you. You can start seeing what the hours put on you. You can start see when you're working really late at night, how that affects your productivity the next day or your readiness scores the next day. Um, And it starts helping you make better decisions that you're like, oh, wow, if I actually wake up a little bit earlier and do some of this work, I have a better readiness score than staying up late and doing it on online. Like different people, it's different. It's same with alcohol as well. You can start seeing how it affects you because it's different in everyone and or even with fire I had a guy who his he was 24 on 24 off three in a row of that and then his days off and his read his readiness scores would go down on on his days of working and but the thing was his second day off it was even worse Mm -hmm. and that got us diving into what are you doing on your first day off and he had so much family guilt of um his wife had been doing those 24s with their young young daughter all the time that he felt okay i need to not nap as soon as i get home from a 24 even if i didn't sleep at all for 24 hours even if it was a busy shift and he didn't sleep at all and he thought he had to get all of his to-do list done the whole entire list done that day and take care of his daughter at the same time and once he started dialing that back giving himself a nap as well um doing less on his to-do list and chilling with what he did with his daughter it wasn't like full out hey let's go run around it was a little more chilled he found his readiness scores were way better the next days, and he actually got more done and his scores were higher going into his next block of shifts and that's the thing is we are so good at fooling ourselves that's where that question of would this hold up in court is a really good like um question with the objective or subjective, that's the subjective, but really looking at the objective data too and seeing, okay, like I'm thinking four to six hours of sleep is good, <laughs> but my stats are literally showing me that they're not. Like that is one of the things. So many feel that four to six hours is okay.
1: Yeah. And without that technology, you're just guessing, right? Right. So the technology really gives you that argument for that court to say, yes, this is why. <laughs> right. Right. So-
0: yeah, And that's but, the thing. So many people need us because so many people are in burnout mm-hmm. that we can't service them all. And nope. we don't want to be seeing so many people in burnout that if, if, if services, if businesses spent the money to get their employees one of these rings or a whoop band, they would probably have higher productivity, well, less burnout rate, higher productivity, um, less sick leave, less people off on mental stress leave that would cost them way less money than it would to get everybody. One of these devices for sure, just with people making their own little changes. And then we can then work on the ones that are really, truly in need of that guidance because they're already so deep in burnout that they need that help to get out.
1: Yeah. I, uh ditto for sure. hundred percent. I think for myself, I really don't want to be working with people who are burning out. I want to work with people to prevent burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my goal. You know, obviously I want to work with people who need the support, but my end goal would be to actually stop people from burning out and prevent that through, through awareness, through education, through technology. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's my goal is to to lower those numbers. Like in the fire service, the best fire is the one that we that never happened. Yes. The one that we prevented. So
0: absolutely. Yeah. Outside. Well yeah. And and that's it, is if like the clients that do come to me and say, okay, I've got a ring or I've got a whoop band and I've been doing all of these things and I've got my sleep stats up to here. And I've got my, you know, readiness score to here or my HRV to here. And I'm stuck. That's when I can like really mm-hmm. come in and help them like get. That was that extra, like, get out, right. Yep. Um, if they're already putting in the steps or somebody who's completely like, what steps do I take? Um, all yeah, right. So- I'm,
1: I'm sure there was times that I pushed myself through feeling not a hundred percent without knowing the knowledge of the technology. If I had my aura ring five years ago, I would have woken up some morning and go, okay, I should maybe take a sick day today. I should maybe take a break, maybe not work all night long. But without that information, we just continue to push through those, those slow days, those days where you're not feeling totally energized, and we just keep pushing through it. But this, this information that it gives you is, it allows you to say, okay, my body is telling me I need to take a break. So if you're not listening to your body, maybe you can listen to the aura ring or the the whoop band.
0: And that is actually fascinating that the one thing that that you and I have been stuck on as well is how to get people to acknowledge where they're at. And this is something for fire chiefs, for police chiefs, for um, CEOs of businesses where they want their people actually to be implementing and they're struggling to implement. Mm -hmm. It does start with the top, that if the chief maybe gets a ring just to see where they're at, to prove us wrong Mm -hmm. in how much their job is taxing them and work on getting one for everybody in their service, then that would, the biggest stumbling block that you and I have is individuals saying, I'm okay that one device could possibly change that narrative.
1: Yeah. Because we're we're, as humans, well, I know for myself, pretty poor at listening to our bodies. We just go through life on autopilot a lot of times, right? Pushing through that pain. And even there's, you know, there's gurus out there that talk about, push through the pain, push through the agony, don't sleep, work, work, work. Okay. Well, that's definitely not listening to your body. Cause mm. your body is screaming at you that it's hurting or it's, it's not working optimally. So I, I agree that there should be grit. I feel that people should be driven. Yes. I feel that people should be, you know, go getting, you know, hustling, but you can't do that hundred percent of the time. No. There has to be time for downtime to recharge and then go back and hit it hard and, and hustle and grit and all that. Put there, it all in hundred percent.
0: Yeah. There's this fine line between overtraining and hitting that peak of where your body needs to be. And that's what I actually love about these devices. The whoop is actually more in tune with that, with your workouts and being able to, you can actually with the whoop band find out like how much you can push your body every single day, like Literally, you can be in the gym and it can be telling you, okay, that was it for you today. Like you've hit your top strain mark today for your optimal recovery for peak performance. And then, you know, actually on a day-to-day basis with it, how much you can to actually continue to be an optimal performance because that fine line between optimal performance and pushing And overtraining is such a fine line and having that device actually helps with that, that I was even thinking with, um, they just brought in a a new piece to the whoop band, Um, they brought in two in the last couple of weeks, um, a daily strain score, and they just brought out a workout, um, actually for strength training that I was thinking that if you hooked up fire guys during their fire exercises, where they're actually carrying a, I don't know how how much the, the dummy is but like carrying that or carrying the hose, right. You know how much that is that you can actually put in that weight and put in that you did like one mm. rep of it and it will track how much strain it put on your muscles. So you can actually start seeing and it will track through your career how much stress you've actually put on your muscles um, mm-hmm. so that you know, and it'll and, and with each individual exercise. So you can track even the difference between your fire training exercises. And, you know, say you're doing CrossFit or hitting the gym and it will, it will track each individual exercise and how much strain that it's putting on your muscles and your load. And you start seeing how you can handle that, how your body, like you can start seeing if something, the same exercise is putting way more strain on your body then you know, Oh crap, I'm getting into overtraining. Mm-hmm. I need to just work a little bit so that I can get back to the, the, the way that that I was able to handle that before, Um, that this technology is really building things in that, that with phenomenal things that we can start doing with these first responders, with these fire guys, um, Mm -hmm. to really make sure that they are, are all, um, in that optimal peak performance throughout their career.
1: Yeah, you brought up a good point, because a lot of the time in the fire service, and I'm sure other uh, first responder agencies, we we exercise on shift. So we're exercising on shift. And sometimes without the technology, we might be pushing ourselves too much and pushing ourselves over that line, right? So when you're exercising on shift, and your whoop band or your aura ring says, eh, you should maybe comment down a little bit today, or your readiness score is not great, then maybe you skip that because you want to be 100% for when that alarm goes off and you need to rescue somebody versus being spent by exercising and then hoping that you can be uh, an elite optimal firefighter at the end. Right. So, yeah, that's a good point.
0: Absolutely. And the thing too is when it tells you to rest, it's guilt free. You can mm-hmm. just say to the guys, Hey, my whoop band's telling me I need a nap.
1: <laughs> exactly. And then it
0: takes the yeah. guilt out of it. And yeah. it's actually a purpose for it. Yeah. Amazing. 100%. So, Arjuna, this has been. I mean, you're always a wealth of knowledge. This is, is amazing. This is why I love always chatting with you and diving into the science with all of this. So thank you so much for being here today. How can our audience um, find you? I will put links in the show notes for everything that you do say here, but how can mm-hmm. they find you?
1: Well, I'm on every social media platform you can think of. So that's uh, not too hard to find. Uh, my main company is Silver Arrow Coaching Consulting. And that's Silver Arrow co, C-O dot com, silver arrow, co.com silverarrowco.com. And then also for the TRE section, I uh, have TRE fire. So T R E F I R E.com. And that's my kind of dedicated page to the TRE aspect of my, my serving. So yeah, if anyone wants to reach out um, definitely that's, that's the easiest way. And then my book is burnt around the edges.com can also be purchased there as well as through Amazon Google or Apple books
0: and the podcast,
1: the podcast. Yes. I got so many different websites now Uh, beneath the helmet.ca and we're on episode number five right now, which is the end of uh, April right now is where we are. Uh, We got guests from all across North America and uh, we have a whole season kind of lined up for different guests. And the whole aspect of beneath the helmet is to have a very holistic look at being a first responder or a firefighter. So mind, body, and spirit of being a healthy elite firefighter. And you were on there as well. So make sure you check out that episode.
0: Amazing. Yes. So all of those links will be in our show notes. So just scroll down in the show notes right now, and you can go on to whichever link you would like. Definitely follow Arjuna, listen to his podcasts for sure. And um, make sure that you do give him a shout out on things to really help with all of his social media and get the word out, share his posts. Um, The world really needs to know the the more about what Arjuna is doing. So thank you very much. Um, For myself, you can go to burnoutexpert.ca and find out all of my social links. You can get onto my mailing list and You can also go to 911lifestyle.com where you can find all of my work that I do with first responders. Thank you very much. And we will see you in the next episode. Keep up the good work, Andy. Thank you.